0: You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While well, you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with all state to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hi, everybody. Producer Al here. It's TSFP Presents Re-Release Time, and it's time for another discussion of another classic team. This one one of my personal favourites, Phil, Sid, and I discuss Valencia, the five-year spell in which they lost two Champions League finals and won two league titles. Remember, for more of these TSFP Presents episodes, in fact, access to our entire archive, including our new series, More Super Seasons, Uh, you can join us as a patron over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP.
1: Patrons, welcome to the latest edition of TSFP Presents Classic Teams. This week we're all back in the Podmobile to discuss a side that dominated Spanish football at the start of the 21st century and almost dominated European football as well. Yes, we're talking about Valencia, specifically the side or sides from 1999 to 2004. I said side or sides because when we were talking about doing this programme, um, we were talking about how different the teams were the one that won the Copa del Rey in 1999 and then reached those two Champions League final in 2000-2001 and then the one that won two league titles in 2002 and 2004
2: and the UEFA Cup. We're also talking about three different managers as well. There's a <laughs> huge turnover, isn't there? We could it's easily have divided what? this into two or, or done it as, yeah. as as one big pod. And it's not just that the players go, it's not just the manager goes, it's that the identity of those teams is totally different. Mm. You know, the, the, the kind of, if you like, the... the the formation of a really good side, which is that incredible counter-attacking team that reaches the the Cup Final in '99, and then and then of course the, the Champions League Final the following season, slightly shifted by the Champions League Final of the season after that. Well, yeah, even between but, those two finals, um, those two there finals. are
0: six different starters in. Well, the that's second it. Final I mean, you go to the '99
2: Cup Final, and the only two who are still there when they were in the league are Kenny Thuliss and Cardaboni who obviously are still there. The 2000 uh, European Cup Final, but between the 2000 and 2001 European Cup Final, by then you've you've lost Jukic. Uh, you've still got. Farinos, but he doesn't start in 2001. You've got Imar um, has arrived by 2001. Isn't there in 2000? The forward line keeps changing. All we'll mm. over this. I mean, Claudio lopez kind of if you like the. the... What would you call him? The, the, the spearhead, if you like, of that, of that great... Yeah, no, not the flea. Uh, the The spearhead of, head of that what, great What a great counter, nickname. As isn't. always,
0: the Argentinians have the best
2: nicknames. Well, and Ayemar was the payaso, wasn't he? The clown. Yes. Um, I never found him that funny, personally. Yes. But, but, that, but it's Hexacrupa completely changed a him. was a caresson,
0: as well,
1: apparently. Yes. Yes. Um, So so we're talking about sort of two or three or
0: four or five different teams (laughs) within this time. A whole series of classic teams.
1: Yes, all of them uh, taking place in Valencia between this period. Claudio Ranieri, the first manager within this time period, of course, he was there from 1997 to 1999. Then he goes, goes on a relative high, having won the the Copa del Rey final and qualifying for the uh, Champions League uh, in... um, uh, for the first time ever in fact he leaves in 2000 doesn't
0: he um, yep. no, or 1999-2000 but they qualified for the Champions League yep. uh, for the first time ever and winning the Copa del Rey that you mentioned that yes. was important because that was their first trophy since 1980 I mm. think yeah. since their yeah. sort of previous golden mm. era the Mario, Which is the Mario era. era. Exactly. since then they hadn't won a thing mm. and so winning that Copa del Rey uh, we were discussing the other day the Mendieta goal in particular in that Copa oh, del Rey final. You treated which, it from the podcast. Have account. a look. It's on. It's on. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's the, probably the best four touches and the best <laughs> cup final goal yeah. ever. A chest, a thigh, a flick over the defender, and a finish from Mendietta. One of the goals in that three 0 win. Yeah, go watch it. There is. I mean, that's the first thing. Before you do anything else, press pause on us. Yeah.
2: Go and watch it. And come back and press play again.
1: So you see what we mean. It is a <laughs> uh, uh, a, a combination, I guess, between the Burkham goal against Argentina and the Paul Gasco goal against Scotland.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, It's, it's a, it better than both. Yeah, it's mean, better than both. I think it's better than both. I mean, you were saying it's better than Gaz's. I, I mean, I'm not sure it's better than Bergkamp's, but I am impossibly biased when it comes yes, to Dennis Bergkamp's. So don't ignore what I say about But it. I mean, it, it
2: is it is worth kind of picking up on this because the nature of that team was that Mendieta um, would kind of, bomb through and join the forwards and Lopez would kind of lead the forward line. You had um, Kili Gonzalez by the second European Cup final, but not in the 99 final. You had this kind of very, very dynamic team. And, and it's worth remembering that they reached the 2000 European Cup final by totally taking apart Barcelona in the semi-final. I mean, just, just this kind of incredible wave after wave of attack, but incredibly quick, very, very vertical, this phrase that we we repeat a lot and very, very different to what comes later. So when you say that the And that first cup final Mm. is really important because it feels like it sets an area in place. I think it only feels like it sets an area in place with hindsight. Yes. And when you look at it as a run of games, because at the time it didn't, not least, well, maybe it did in terms of the next two European cup finals. But when Benitez takes over, for example, as manager, jumping on a bit, it feels like he's... Taking over a club that's in crisis, you know, economically they're not in great shape. The best players have gone. There's all sorts of kind of internal divisions. There's a new president who never fully has the backing of all of the shareholders at the club, of all of those who who can put him in place and take him out of place again. Mm. There's a great line. I, I, I think it was Benitez himself, um, although, or if not, it was someone talking about Benitez. Described when Benitez arrived as they haven't signed a coach; they have signed a bullfighter. You know, someone who could kind of manage these beasts running at him. Well,
0: Benitez was quite an interesting appointment at that time and a controversial one because you looked at the teams he'd managed before that. Hmm. And it was Valencia was a huge General step Phoenix up, you know, I mean, it it was yet, miles off that as well. Level. Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, he, he was uh, himself uh, a surprise yes. appointment.
1: Uh, we're getting, <laughs> ahead, we're getting ahead of ourselves uh, a
0: little bit. Um, we need to talk
1: about Claudio Ranieri and we need yeah. to talk about Hector Cooper as well. Yes. So Ranieri, his first of two spells in charge of uh, of Valencia, and then uh, and then he left, went to Atletico. Yes, of course.
0: the team that that they had just beaten in the, the in the cup in, in the cup final. The cup final. Yeah. Um, wh- 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 why
2: did he leave like that? fundamentally, left. I, I mean, there's always those other doubts beneath Because it could have been balance. different
1: for him, no. I mean, I don't know if it it stayed. It could have been, I mean, it, I mean it, it worked out all right in the end. the, yeah. the, the reality I suppose Long is you
2: have the opportunity to go to Atletico. Mm. At,
1: at that time, yeah. that was definitely seen as a big step course. up. So, I
2: mean, we, you know, talking about an Atletico team that's won the Dublin double in '96, <laughs> that you know, we look back on it now and say, wow, they went down, but there was no way they were going to go down. That team should never have gone down. It was, you know, it was far too good for that. And and of course, as we've already talked about with Atletico before, yes it was i mean that was a, a a completely bizarre set of circumstances that brought that about and ranieri i know there were there were players in the atletico madrid squad at that time who were very very disappointed with what they saw as his failure to practice what he preached because he was aware of the financial and eco- economic and, and institutional crisis at atletico madrid and tried to create this kind of unity between squad and, and cuerpo tecnico as they call it in spanish against the club and then he walked mm. yes
1: Talk to me about everyone's favorite chain-smoking, gruff-voice Argentine, Hector Cooper. I
2: really quite like Hector Cooper. funny enough, but he wasn't always that popular. And one of the reasons he wasn't that popular was because he was a little bit dull. So you'd gone from this uh, really quite exciting, albeit counter-attacking team, Mm. really quite exciting team, to, to a manager who decided to really reinforce his defence, a manager who, as, to use the old joke, if there was a competition for coming second, would come second. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy...
0: <laughs> I mean, fam- famously cursed in, in finals, although that's always a bit unfair, I think, because, you know, to, to be cursed in finals, you have to get to enough finals yes. to, to lose. But them. then but... you would expect to win
2: one or two of them once in a while. I mean, you know, obviously, his most recent one was Egypt, and I remember interviewing him before, the, the recent Copper uh, Africa, what do you call that in English? African of Nations, Nations yeah. yes. The African of Nations, and him talking about, well, You know, people talk about this, but exactly as you say, you've got to get there, you've got to take a team there, you're not necessarily favourites. And it is worth pointing out. But in the 2000 European Cup final, despite the fact that that season domestically, they're miles better than Real Madrid, everyone knows they're not favourites for the final. They're certainly not favourites in 2001 mm. against Bayern Munich. And, and you know, it went all the way to the penalty shootout. Um, you know, he, admittedly, they were favourites when he blew the league on the final day with Inter Milan when they had Brazilian Ronaldo playing from Brazilian Ronaldo. If I remember rightly, sitting on the bench in tears when it happens. Um, so, But Hector Cooper was a curious one. And I remember very clearly a lot of fans not liking him at all and whistling him and booing him. But some of the groups of fans at Valencia trying to stand up for him and and creating actually a, a certain tension between mm. between groups of fans about you know cooperistas yeah you should be defending this guy even if we don't like him because he's our coach mm. which I know is a pretty novel idea in in some Spanish clubs he's currently the manager of Uzbekistan so I didn't know that I must confess I didn't know here, that
1: I don't know if they're getting twenty finals uh, anytime soon but if they do they will
2: lose them. <laughs> yeah I mean these the, and those two finals were incredibly. Um, Depressing from from Valencia's point of view because I think as. as Obviously, So the first final in yeah, 2000 let's clarify this, where yes.
0: they lost 3 0 to Real Madrid in yes. Paris. And like we said, to to get there, they'd um, beaten Lazio in the quarterfinals, I think, thrashed them 5 2 in one of those games. Sid mentioned beating Barca and demolishing Barca just in the, demo- the I mean, semi.
2: Genuinely, boom, 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 running through Van Gaal's Barcelona team. And it was just like this kind of where are they all coming from? <laughs> there were too many of them on the pitch, it felt like almost. I suppose it's perhaps a. A, would it be fair to say a slight Jurgen Kloppish kind of touch about them in that it was a bit mm. wild, it was a bit kind of, okay. it was it was counter attacking but with loads of movement everywhere, um, probably a little more direct than Klopp in the sense that it was look for the front guys and have everyone come and join, but but really exciting to watch mm. and 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 that was kind of the remnants of that previous team, but then you get what Cooper, as I say, tries to do is reinforce from the back. And they become a lot less exciting.
1: So they lost that final 3-0 to Real Madrid. Mm. Uh, having that, been, as I say,
2: genuinely, having been miles better than Real Madrid domestically. And also, miles
1: wor- worth pointing out, this is their first time ever in the Champions League as the Champions League as well. Mm. They hadn't yes. qualified for it pre- yes. previously, so they qualified for the first time, get to the final, lose to Real Madrid. The next year... Go <laughs> all the
2: way to the final. I was again. at that mm. final. Were you enough? Yeah, I can remember very, very little of the final and loads about Why? the journey to get there. I went with my dad and my brother. Oh right, okay. And we flew to some airport somewhere in the south of France. I yes. can't remember which one? Hired a car and drove around to Milan, and on the way, and literally drove to the game and from the game and back again, and lit, just falling asleep at the wheel. I remember taking a wrong turn in Genoa and going down a, a, an old street where it was like it was like some sort of stereotypical thing. Genuinely, a dark street in the middle of the night, seeing rats run across it, and people huddled round—huddled round, you know those bins with the holes in, yeah. bra- braziers are they yeah. called? Where it looked, it kind of trying to warm there. their hands. <laughs> oh wow. wow! In in Genoa, having taken a wrong, Took time, a wrong turn, it was quite bizarre. <laughs> wow! Uh, but you saw uh, Bayern Munich beat them on penalties after seven a one penalties one. each. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just that you know they beat them; it was it was close. Uh, Santi Cannytharis told me a story—a nice story about this. Um, when was it? A when did Pellegrino go to Southampton? A year and a half ago?
1: Yeah. Anyway,
2: no. so I phoned Cani Therese up to say, look, Pellegrino goes to Southampton. I need to write a profile piece about him. Can you tell me about him? It turns out, Santi Cani is pretty much Pellegrino's best friend. Okay. And he started saying, oh, he's brilliant and all the rest of it. He said, but hang on. I am very biased here, so take everything I say with a pinch of salt. But he was telling me about the build-up to that final and telling me about Pellegrino panicking about the possibility that Valencia win. Would win, yes. Not that they would lose. Saying that... But if we win, there'll be no motivation left. There'll be Because no, this is you know the everything mm. in their entire history for Valencia. If we win, there'll be... Sorry. And the Candy Thoreau's basically said, look, let's worry about that after we've won. <laughs> and of course, it's Pellegrino that misses the misses vital penalty. The, misses the third the third. So of the maybe he shouldn't have worried this. about winning. Or maybe he did it deliberately to enable them yes. to usher in this Champions uh, era of winning the league twice in three years. Maybe it was deliberate. Maybe. Maybe he's a genius.
1: So we've got Pellegrino to thank for them going on to, uh, to lift the, uh, the league trophy in uh, 2002. They did it again in 2004. And they won, of course, the UEFA Cup final in 2004 as well. All mm. under Rafa Benitez. Yes. Uh, who comes in? And as you said, quite a few eyebrows were raised when he was appointed. A lot, and yeah. not for the first time in his career as well.
2: Now that's true. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I mean, really. this, was, this was this was the golden age of Rafa Benitez as well, I guess. hundred percent. I mean, look, he wins mm. two, and, and I think I think before we go on and kind of dissect Benitez, let's. Uh, I almost feel like it's worth putting a marker down here at this point. What he did was absolutely mind-blowing. To win two league titles in three seasons, to win the UEFA Cup, to have beaten that Real Madrid team, that Galactica Real Madrid team, which is true, was full of flaws. There's no doubt about that. It was full of flaws. But to have outdone that side with what he had, which... Wasn't a huge amount, and not intrigue. just them,
0: but at that time you had Depor. You know, we've, we've covered mm. Euro Depor in in a previous episode. Yes. They, they finished ahead ahead of Depor. I think Depor were, were second in that mm. first league title season, weren't they? So that was a you know they had Tristan for them topping the goal scoring yeah. charts. Mm. So it wasn't about even the, just beating Real Madrid. It was finishing ahead of Depor, finishing ahead of Barca, who were a bit of a mess at that point anyway. But
2: although they were coming back, so for example, when they win the title in which one of the two is it? I think it's the first. No, it's the second one. In fact, yes. when they win the title in two thousand and four, and Real Madrid lose their final five games and completely. Collapsed collapsed but Barcelona were recovering then that's of the Ronaldinho season and Barcelona finished ahead of them so they've beaten admittedly an embryonic Barcelona team mm. really good Barcelona team and that Real Madrid Galactico side with, with Beckham as the sort of star signing that year having won it when it was Zidane the star signing mm. correct me if I'm wrong but I think that in Zidane's season the trip away to Mestalla is his first league game for Real Madrid or it's certainly his first no, away game it's, first it's away his first game. away game and I remember after the game I was at Mestalla that day and I remember after the game him basically asking Michel Salgado, will it always be like this? Because Valencia would just, I mean, quite tough as well and, and, mm. and borderline dirty at times. But Valencia were incredibly physical, very, very athletic. And the game was just too quick for him. Mm. You know, he had a big crisis at the start, Zidane. And it was kind of prompted a little bit by, by that performance. I think they won 2-1. Mm. And it was just brilliant. And it was one of those where you get that sense that the, kind of, the stands and the players are in it together. That, you know the, the movement seems to fit the noise, and it was they they were they were a great team. You mentioned top scorers, Al. Mm. Valencia's top scorer that season, they win the league. Yeah. Ruben Baraja with seven. <laughs>
0: With over 2,300 hotels across the U.S. and Canada, Best Western is perfect for our annual spring hiking trip. It feels a little like... Okay, back to the hotel. What a great day. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. Well, this is the thing. That season, that that 2002 league winning season... There's a bus going past. I don't know if it's Benitez parking it on the goal line.
2: (laughs) It does look a bit like a team bus, although it's got the name of a bank on the side. If
0: we ever upgrade the Bill to some sort of tour bus, it'll be about that size. And what I was going to say was that that season, Valencia scored fewer goals than Depor, Real Madrid, Barca, even Celta, I think, finished Mm. fifth or sixth or something. But they conceded much fewer goals I, so think, I think that's 29 Valencia.
2: they conceded or 27, 27 27
0: to yeah. Depo's 41 and Real Madrid's 44 mm. for
2: that, example
1: that, that that total of 27 was the lowest of the decade uh, I went and checked yeah. to everyone who, who, who'd won a league title it was the lowest uh, champions uh, um, I'm assuming total. that
2: Simeone has outdone that now I think he probably has oh had, yes, yes so yeah. no, no, but of that particular of decade, that particular so from, decade from, yeah, of yeah. the noughties of the noughties yes yeah. I mean genuinely look Baraja 7 Salva 5 Rufete 5 Angulo 4 those are their top scorers <laughs> Yeah, well, I shared around, you know, everyone chipping in. <laughs> and that team, moment. one of the things that was really, really striking about it was just how much of a run they had at the end. Mm. I remember being at, uh, in Vallecas against Rayo and Baraja scores this great free kick and it's about four or five games from the end. And that was the moment we thought, they're going to do it. They're going to win the league, and what really happened? Um, Baraka had been injured for a lot of the season, and Aymar had taken a long time to kind of properly settle, mm. which is why if you if you go back and you look through the list, it quite often people say, well, the, kind of, the classic team of that season doesn't include those two, but it absolutely should even though I think Baraka only starts 17 games and Aymar starts something like 15, but because they they together, those two, are the driving force in the last 10 or 12 games of the season. So Baraka is a, is a runner from midfield and Aymar is one who makes sense of the fact that they're only playing one up front, mm. which sometimes is Angulo, sometimes is Salva Ballesta, um, very occasionally is Juan Sánchez, if I remember rightly, as well. And those two were absolutely brilliant in the last three months of the season. Aymar and Baraka, wonderful. And of course, all of it held together by David Albelda. So Albelda yeah. stands there and Baraja does all the running.
1: Yes. Uh, just to give a context to some of the names, I mean, we've mentioned quite a few names, mm. but um, throughout this, uh, this period, so you start off 1998 to 2000, you've got Canizares, Dukic, Pellegrino, Mendieta, Kili Gonzalez. Yeah, Fariños, mm-hmm. uh, nice. remember him, he we went to Inter. Fariños, um, Claudio López and Angulo, who you've mentioned. Then 2000 to 2001 or two, you get Ayala, Baraja, Vicente, mm-hmm. uh, John Carew, John as well, Carew. and then two, Norwegian Chonkaroo, enormous. Yeah. Um, and then 2002, you get Albelda and Ruffete and Aymar coming through, and in 2004, you finish up with the with, uh, likes of Mister, Marcena uh, Marchena, and uh,
2: Curo Torres mm. uh, in, the, in, in the team. Yeah, I well. mean, Curo Torres is the, I mean, obviously, it starts with Anglomar being the right back, of course, the Frenchman, and then it becomes Curo yes. Torres who takes over from him. But as I said before, you know, it's only Canitharis and Caraboni that are still mm. there when they win the league that had been there when they won the cup in 99, and you can only really add. Farinos has gone by the by the beginning of them but you 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 know you can only really add Kili Thalith from the European Cup final in 2000 who still were there when they win the league the first time around but he gets replaced effectively yeah. by Vithenri mean, there's a
1: big turnover in a small amount of extraordinary
2: time. and obviously part of this is because of the financial crisis partly it's because you have a situation in which you get to two European Cup finals in a row for a club like that and of course the immense majority of the players have two there's a, there's a dual factor it seems to me anyway, this is this is kind of interpretive, but there's a dual factor here. When that happens and you play for Valencia, two things happen. One, you're in demand because hmm. you're part of the team that just went to the Champions League final. Two, you're in demand and you play for a club hmm. who realistically doesn't expect to be back. And so that what happens? What happens inevitably to over to overachieving teams? They get broken up. And especially
0: mm. at that time, there was quite a lot of money. For example, Italian football, Serie A. So that's why you have someone like Mendieta going to Lazio when Lazio mm. was yeah, splashing say, the and, cash and all all over to the Inter.
2: Place. And then of course you get when you get Barcelona with the Luis Figo money. Don't forget that as well. They use the Luis Figo money, and so they they signed Gerard Lopez, for example, who'd been at Valencia. Oh. And so there's there's a kind of kind of whole series of of of, of change. And you know we mentioned those two. The, the player of the year for me in in the first season. Clearly, uh, uh, a Albe- uh, sorry, a uh, Aymar and Baraja with Kenny Thuris in goal, who was absolutely brilliant. The 2002, you mean. in the first of the two league titles, so yes. 2002. 2004 is Pitente hmm. that year. I mean, I know it's only one year, I but that year when Bethente we were doing was amazing. La Liga Legends,
0: you were very gushing about oh, Bethente, yeah. you? I, Well, just these all of these Valencia teams, really. I think it's because of the age that we yeah. were because yeah. we are, you know, it's the 17, right here, 18, it? Yeah. 18 Start seeing really it. getting into yeah. European football and sort of falling in love mm. with these teams and.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the words economic crisis uh, at this time, sort of in a social context. Spain is actually sort booming. Of booming, financially, yeah. and particularly in the Valencia region, a lot of uh, <laughs> which latter would come back to bite them. But a lot of houses are being built. Huge, a lot of construction.
2: When the announced.
1: financial crisis hit in Spain uh, in two thousand, sort of uh, seven or eight, it was because of a property bubble which burst horribly and particularly in Valencia. The yeah. Valencia region, uh, the regional government is in a staggering amount of debt still and it has been hit very hard. Oh, and the level
2: of corruption is absolutely extraordinary.
1: Staggering staggering but at this time in terms of the social context mm. of, the, of, of the period and, and the region as well it's actually sort of booming yes economically yeah
2: yeah and and as I say and then there's this kind of almost a sense of taking advantage of it but mm. the money is not well used and of course maybe this leads us to the the most famous of all of Rafa Benitez's quotes when he complained <laughs> that he'd asked for a sofa and he was brought a lamp and it was Canobio yeah. and Oliveira um, that he didn't want but actually yeah. Oliveira, Oliveira did right? kind of alright I mean not brilliantly but he did kind of alright playing up front with um, well actually sometimes on his own but sometimes. And this is the best thing of all. Fancy having a striker called Mister.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, tell us a bit about Mister because well, I always quite bizarre... liked him, and not just because he had the bad hair with sort of the blonde highlights and the mullet and everything. And he was else.
2: he was Mulciano and he was he was actually quite an interesting talker at times. But he, he didn't talk. Did you understand him? Yes. Well, that's that, <laughs> that was part of it. But that season when they win the league in two thousand and four, he scores nineteen goals yeah. in the league. I think it's twenty four in all competitions. He's been absolutely massive for them, and yet everybody, even that season, were kind of thought. He's not that good, is he? <laughs> and, and Benitez had made this player who, the way that they played the counterattacking style suited him. He would still miss chances even then, but the way they played meant that the chances he got tend to be very clear. Mm. He's, this is a guy, and I looked this up because I, was, I, was kind of, I wanted to check that my sensations were not wrong. This is a guy who scored 99 goals in his career, 14 years. So on an average, you know, you're talking about less than nine a season, right? Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> and yet he gets 24 of them in one year. yeah. And that, in a way, tells you that that year was such an outlier. <laughs> it was it was such a year when everything kind of came together. And, you know, he would normally play up front more or less on his own, sometimes with Oliveira, with either Rufete or Jorge Lopez on the right, with Vicente on the left, and Vicente, as I say, that season mm. was, was just brilliant. And it was very, very curious. And he used to talk, and he's interesting, as I think those players who've embraced Benitez have been, mm. because these are players who nobody... Of Benitez's players, very few actually really like him. But those who recognise that Benitez made them so much better can tell you great things about the way that he worked. Fernando Torres is a very good example. Um, Javier Mascherano is another very good example. And Mister is one of them. I remember an interview with Mister in which he basically said, look, you would not believe how often the things that Rafa said were going to happen in the game happened exactly the way he said they were going to. Hmm. Time after time after time. A scenario that you hadn't thought of. And he said, this will happen because of this, this and this. And it did.
0: And that's the kind of thing that really makes a player sit up and think, well, this guy's got A player something. who
2: understands mm-hmm. that it's not just about his own talent. Yeah. And that's one of the problems, I think, that Benitez had at other clubs mm. is that players who believe that it was about their talent and only about their talent resented the imposition. But players who felt either limited or sufficiently serious to believe that there were other things they could do mm. would come to really admire him. I think not very often have great affection for him, but really admire him. Uh, what about the UEFA Cup final in
1: 2004? They beat Marseille by uh, two goals to nil. Marseille side that had Didier Drogba in it. Didier Drogba, who yeah. sprayed
2: champagne on me. Did I he? was at the semi-final where they beat... Uh, I can't remember which way round it is. that year I saw them play Newcastle and I saw them play Liverpool. It must have been Liverpool in the semis and Newcastle in the quarters or the last 16 or something. And we're in the press room, normal thing, post-match press conference. And Drogba bursts in with this bottle of champagne starts spraying it around. Which, to be fair, a load of people with laptops don't appreciate that yeah. much. I thought it was quite funny because so, I wasn't so, there so writing. I was there spring, commentating. Spraying
0: in a semi-final seems yeah. to me a bit well they had just reached the final to be fair yeah no but that's what I mean like you haven't won like save yeah. the
2: champagne for when you win something. although that Marseille <laughs> team that Marseille <laughs> team I mean it was a success reaching the final yeah sure and I must yeah. admit we didn't know much about Drogbert, that, but as I say I'd been twice to the velodrome that year to watch them back in the days when the company I was working for had the rights for the UEFA Cup we did some very strange games I've been to Orxair a lot to put it okay. that way yeah. <laughs> um, much more than I ever thought I would And right. it's, it's not the most amazing place um, and, and yet Drogba stood out a mile and and Valencia totally dominated them in the final mm. if I remember it rightly they totally dominated them they were, they were they were far stronger there was just a sense that okay this is ours Which didn't always happen in the league. So they've won two league titles. They've just won the UEFA Cup as
1: well. Rafa Benitez has won three titles. He's the most successful manager in the history of Valencia with
2: those three titles. And then he goes. Well, he goes for, I suppose, in a way, for the same reason that players go after two European Cup finals. Because there is a sense that maybe this isn't coming back. Right. There is an awareness in that second season where Madrid collapsed. Will this always happen? And Madrid will buy again. You yeah. know, this is they, they win the first one in the Zidane year, the second one in the Beckham year. There's no sign that they're going to stop signing players. There was a real awareness that they were doing something quite miraculous, mm. and that this perhaps was unsustainable. But there's another important point here, right? And that is that Benitez's relationship with the club was terrible.
1: Well, that was that was the thing. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't that the most important point?
2: Probably. I remember there was a famous was it Manolo line Llorante, of was Manolo, was it? Manolo, Manolo Llorente, who later became president. At that stage, was. What do you call it? Director General. Uh, director General or, uh, or Consejero General Imagine or whatever director, you call it. I mean. And Benita's actually using a phrase along the lines of people who hang around in the shadows with knives in their hands. Right. And it was about him. He never actually said it was about him, but it, but it was about him. And, and the relationship was always very poor. And this comes down again to that, that kind of infighting. One of the things that that Valencia era did very well was... Create some superficial stability with mm. Jaime Ortiz the president. Remember the president with a with an orange wig and the and then the enormous fan that Rodrigo <sighs> played Helmand to last year. Yeah, and he'd come in after Pachaurach, and Pachaurach was much more aggressive, much more pugnacious, mm. much like much harder to like, to be honest. Whereas mm. Ortiz while he was a bit of a straw man, he was a bit weak. He was likable, and he kind of papered over the cracks for a few years. But underneath the surface, mm. Christ alive, the, the the situation wasn't good. Um. I always say, well, people ask me, you know, about the, uh, the
1: fan bases in, in Spain and in, in, in Real Madrid, like, oh, God, Real Madrid fans, are, oh, they're a bit, you know, a bit unbearable, aren't they, or whatever, like mm. this. And I always say the most difficult fan base is Valencia, yes. because they are not Real Madrid or Barcelona. No. So even Real Madrid and Barcelona expect to win everything every year, but so do Valencia yeah. fans now. Yeah. Is it because of this golden period? Got a little bit spoilt,
2: maybe. I, well, I mean, I wanted to take this back to what we started with, that thing about uh, Hector Cooper. There was a bit of that then. There was right. a bit of whistling of Hector Cooper then. So so maybe, I mean, a friend of mine, I don't know how, how much we want to kind of... Um, share this idea or embrace this idea but he always said that one of the reasons with Valencia is that Valencia is actually a city of plenty it's a it's a it's a very rich city it's 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 a city that although it's on the coast doesn't turn towards the coast it actually turns inland mm. to rice fields it's been a place of abundance and mm. so there is this so kind they've got of everything sense, they need, there is this kind of sense that you know we should be big we yeah. are big we yeah. are you know we are and that the almost yeah that almost there is a a slightly spoilt nature to mm. it um, it's i mean it's a wonderful place by the way of oh, course, course it is, is it? yeah
1: it's yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic cities uh, Spain's third city about a million people mm-hmm. long lovely beach wonderful climate great place to visit if you haven't already what's going on with the second stadium by the way have they got a second stadium <laughs> is, is that ever going to happen still there nothing is still there oh, just yes. checking so yeah. the last 10 years they've had yeah. two stadiums
2: is it quite, quite brilliantly they yeah. were paying people to turn up each day because you get punished if you have works that are not ongoing that you right. just leave a place <laughs> to so they were literally paying two people to turn up each day it's and act like they were working with a hammer yeah. or yeah. something once in a while sweep up
1: that came a little bit after the, uh, yeah. the classic teams, yeah, exactly. uh, classic teams period. Uh, so there we go. Uh, we'll leave it there. When, uh, when Valencia were at the peak of Spanish football and almost at the peak of my, European my, football my, as well.
2: My favourite thing, just maybe to close this, is to yes. give an example of, of just how much of a success Rafa Benitez was. There's a poll for you. And right. I really like this. I, I, was, I was looking for this earlier and I remember writing about it. So I went looking for the statistic. There was a poll in the summer of 2004 asking Valencia fans if Rafa Benitez should have a street named after him. <laughs> said yes, which may seem very low, until you see what the other options are. Uh, 9% said, of course. 10% said, where do I sign? 11% (laughs) said, fine by me. And 44% no. Right, Rafa Benitez should not have a street named after him. He should have two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so there we go. Uh, King Rafa of Valencia. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll leave car- it there. Carré, yeah, car- <laughs> 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 Rafa Benitez. Yeah, uh, Carré. Al Carré. Al Carré. Rafa. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another uh, edition of Classic Teams. Join us then. Adios. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.